What's up? What's up? Welcome back to another episode of Jack of All Trades, a weekly podcast for you to digest where there will always be a special guest. I'm your host, Jacqueline Renee, aka Black Jacks, Jack Jack, Captain Jack Sparrow, and Trapper Die Jacks if you know me like that. All right, you guys. So we're counting some pockets this week. We're talking about Black consumerism and how Black folks spend a whole lot of money in America. So we continue to spend money, but our net worth isn't quite uh, maintaining or growing. So let's talk about where we're spending our money, how we can shift how we spend that money, and how we can have a smarter spending power. So without further ado, let's get into it. All right, this week, Jack of All Trades takes on Black consumerism. So the Black spending power reached a record $1.6 trillion in 2021, although the net worth of Black Americans declined by 14%. So let's talk about what Black folks are choosing to spend their money on and um, how media and the society around us influences our spending and uh, see if we can think of some ways that we can start to invest in ourselves. So have a special guest that's back to have a chat with me. So let me give her a chance to reintroduce herself. Hey, back again for the first time. It's your girl Lex, a.k.a. Lex Dupree on all platforms. Happy to be back here with the joke. <laughs> Thank you for the invite. Hello, Alexis. Lex Dupree. How's it going? Man, it's going, you know, just styling and profiling. <laughs> Trying to, you know, <laughs> do better with my money. So happy to be here. I know that's right. Talking yes. about this topic. Yes, we can all um, we can all afford to do better with our money. And, you know, the world is opening back up more and more and more. As the days go on, of course, you know, a city kid like yourself um, (laughs) has stayed on the scene. But, you know, we all need to think about how we are saving versus spending, I would say. And I just want to throw in there that I've stayed on the scene, but I've never had Miss Rona. Okay, so (laughs) I feel like that's... That deserves. That's the medical, okay? <laughs> People were with Andrew Caldwell said, "Wear your mask, wear your okay? mask, <laughs> and wash your hands." That's right. Don't give up on and this. Stay out of people's face. Yeah, don't give up on the simple measures just because they said <laughs> you can do whatever you want now. Y'all should have been washing y'all hands anyway. Oh, child, <laughs> we won't get into that, okay? Because we know a lot of people don't like to wash. But um, so, you know, what are you watching on television these days? Man, so funny that you asked. Um, wow. Uh, Snowfall. Okay. We're watching Snowfall. You know, I like dance and address, as uh, Denzel called them. Oh, child. <laughs> A.K.A. <laughs> AKA dance and Idris. Um, I, I like Snowfall. I like uh, Bel Air. I've been watching that. Oh. And have you been watching that as well? No, I need to get into it. 
I've heard good things and it's funny, you know, the internet is very flighty. So it was like, I heard good things. And then it was like, what is this? But then it was like, this is good. So. I would say it's definitely don't go into it, expecting it to be a like real life adaptation. Right. Like it's not the, a comedy. Just the characters, right, are loosely based off of each other. And it's more of a dark kind of drama. Yeah. As opposed to a comedy. I mean, there's some comic relief in there, but it's definitely not a comedic show. Right. Which I think is good. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm like, all of the reboots that have been made where it's pretty much word for word, every episode, the same script. Like, did we really need that? I like the idea of them having um, an inspired by, you know, kind of show right. and an approach to it versus just saying, let's just rewrite the same thing and do it for <laughs> the 2020s. Like, we don't really need that. So, so that's good. Right. Other than that, of course, you know, love after lockup. Shout out, shout out. <laughs> uh, power, power book force with Tommy. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. You know, I love a good Real Housewives show, but I just catch up with that when I can. Yeah. And um, oh, actually, also shout out to All Black TV. I just resubscribed. I was being lazy. That's why I got unsubscribed. But they have really good programming on there. Unlike <laughs> Network, it's not, you know, super ratchet. They have actual nice Black programming on there and i've been uh, really into this show double cross okay yes on there that's really good yes see a lot of ads for um all black uh the streaming service um hey you're not you're not gonna tell the people you watching uh zeus network yeah i mean <laughs> you know you watching jocelyn's cabaret we're all guilty sometimes okay but i i will honestly tell you i don't even know where that subscription is being built to i haven't seen it show up on any statement (laughs) in at least two months but apparently they're getting their money from somewhere because i keep watching but it's just every time i watch it i feel like my my uh credit score and my iq goes down at least two points (laughs) so yes i gotta give it a break sometimes yeah well i don't know it'll be interesting to see if they come back after um all of the scandal going on over there but that is not why we are here um but uh, (laughs) but uh my fave love and marriage huntsville is back so getting back into that one and i've seen the youtube reviews up i haven't seen the new season yet. yes the youtubers are back on it um, they are cooking up new drama in Huntsville, Alabama. So gotta love it. I mean, it's <laughs> only so much of a town. <laughs> literally the talk of the town. It's literally the talk of the town. Okay. But, but yeah, you know, that in, of course, love after lockup is undefeated. That's pretty much all I have going on. So, yeah, okay. so I thought we'd keep it a, a little light on the intro, on the icebreaker in, but let's get into the main topic. So, black consumerism. We know Negroes are spending some money up in America, okay? Um, I got three letters for you. 
Three letters. P P P. P P P. <laughs> Pushing P P P. <laughs> but we'll we'll come back to that. <laughs> yes. But um, yeah, for 2021, the black spending power reached a record 1.6 trillion dollars. So let's make sure, though, that we understand like what the definition of spending power is so that, you know, we don't have anybody out here that's misunderstanding um, what we are saying by definition is the degree to which people have money to buy products and services. So <laughs> $1.6 trillion somehow made its way into the hands of African-Americans in 2021, and that money was spent. So that's a pretty big chunk of, chunk of change. Um, no, I don't have the, uh, the numbers for the others right now, but we do know that the overall net worth of African-Americans declined 14%. Now, I know from previous recordings with friends, shout out, um, that the net worth for African-Americans is not very high in general. So, when, sure. right. So when we think about us losing overall worth, but still spending to record numbers, um, just want to talk about what we're actually spending this money on. So let's start off real casual and cute. You know, when it comes to clothes and shoes, what does your budget look like over the years? <laughs> talk about putting somebody on the spot. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know that was going to be the exact question. Um, Roughly, what you know, what trends have you seen, you know? Are you saying me personally? Sure, you personally. You're saying, what does my budget look like? Um, well, I've always been a big believer in mixing and matching. Like, mm -hmm. you don't have to spend a lot of money for something to look expensive. But if you want your heel not to fall off while you're walking through the club, you probably need to invest in, in some good shoes, you know? So... <laughs> You can spend a little more on the shoes or the accessories or a purse, you know, and wear some $10 leggings and a $20 shirt, you know, mm -hmm. so you can definitely mix and match. That's always definitely been my style. Um, so I would say I really don't spend a lot on clothes. Mm -hmm. um, definitely more shoes and, and purses and and all the other beauty services that come along with uh, being a woman. So Okay, yeah. You know, I feel very guilty. And I feel like I'm even calling myself to the carpet. Um, my budget for shoes and clothes has gone up just ridiculously. Like, I can remember early days back in, you know, my first tour in Dallas, where... If I ordered something online, like one month, it was like, okay, like, all right, be mindful. Like, we shouldn't do this again anytime soon. And now, you know, I'm I'm pretty ashamed to say, like, if I'm just in the mood, I'm like, hmm, let me go scroll and see what they have. I like this top. Right. Let's send it right now. I like these shoes. <laughs> you know, and I think part of it is because spending you know, online has become, become so much more normal and 
accessible. There's so much more that's available online versus having to go out into stores and get it. So, you know, I think that just over time has put me in a place where it's like, yeah. And, you know, naturally also you start doing a little bit better. You start feeling like you have a little bit more money to spend, right, wrong, or indifferent for, you know, you thrifty girls out there. Um, but you know, when I felt like I had me a couple extra coins, I thought, yeah, I can buy a bigger wardrobe. So, and obviously we see, you know, with our fellow black, uh, brothers and sisters, they've been spending as well. You know, we hit a record spending power last year. So money is being spent. We see how labels are really big right now. You know, everybody wants to wear Everybody's always wanted to wear a little bit of designer, but I mean, these days it's like really hardcore again. Yeah. What I will say, I want to add in there when I mentioned um, like uh, purses and shoes. I got a lot of flack. This is a small tangent. Got a lot of flack for this appointment that I was able to secure at the flagship Hermes store. Okay. So usually when I buy stuff that I'm actually paying money for, it's because it is an investment. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to throw out numbers, but let's just say if you could buy something for $1,000 and not have to pay the import taxes, you know, the taxes that you're paying at the Neiman's or the Nordstrom's or the Saks, once it gets here on top of the other taxes, you're buying something for damn near 60% off. That you can come back and if you wanted to sell it for almost triple. So you're saying like you can, if you go and get this appointment, you can buy it for a thousand dollars outright. But if you were getting it shipped to you, you'd wind up paying like fourteen, fifteen hundred dollars Right. So I'm saying if what I was looking at there, and that's also, I mean, it's not just Aramis, it's Louis Vuitton. It's um, Chanel, uh, Louboutin, like all these stores that are flagshipped in Paris. They making this shit. They got a sweatshop in the basement. Okay. So, so let's You're not back paying all the way up. <laughs> let's back all the way up. So you went to Paris and you made an appointment yeah. to go to Hermes. And apparently the streets had something to say about it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, okay. because people love to count people's pockets. Yeah, I mean, okay. that's pretty much what we're see, doing. <laughs> you just see the money going out. You don't see the potential on the back end. And that's why you need to see the whole picture. But what I'm saying is, let's say that, okay, let's just say you go to Louis Vuitton and get a small purse that in Paris, you can buy it just $1,000 outright. As opposed to if you were to go to a a Miami or just your local upscale Louis Vuitton store or mm-hmm. upscale store, you're probably looking at like $2,200. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because you got to pay, they have to pay to import that stuff into a whole nother country. Mm-hmm. And then you're paying sales tax and all the other tax and whatever the store is going to tack on top of it to make their profit. So. That's okay. all I'm saying. Okay, so you're... you. And what I'm also saying is stop counting other people's pockets. Well, I mean, that's pretty much what we're doing. So, but... <laughs> but what you are <laughs> saying, though, I feel like I get it. You're saying, all right, sometimes we're spending, but 
if you can do it in a crafty way, you know, if you just so happen to pull up in Paris, girls, you know, that's when you should be looking at buying these items, which to your point, I mean, hell, you know, if you can do things the right way, you, it sounds like you could take a weekend trip, catch a deal, get your bag and get back home for the price of going to get it at your local Galleria. But it's also an investment. Yeah. It's up to you how you want to spend it. Very true. So how about jewelry? Do you have any jewelry investments that you've made? Uh, not really. Yeah. You know, I feel like especially so, you know, of course, of course, like gold, um, gold earrings and necklaces and things like that. But it, it, gold is up right now. But really, when you actually take it different places or try to get it appraised or things like that they're really just going to melt the gold down right into something else so it's not going to be the same as the same value as what you paid for it right yeah i used to from what i've seen yeah i used to work in gold and i learned a lot for sure and those rates fluctuate so much um and the alternatives to gold vary so much and are so broad at this point so to actually have 14 18 karat gold you know that's real um that you're buying from a, a, a local department store or from any sort of site like it's kind of hard to come by at this point and so anything that you are taking to resell you do have to really know uh what it is and make sure that you got it from a legitimate source but I think about the few gold chains I had back when I was working in gold and they were so dainty, you know, cause they were still, mm -hmm. I mean, they were real gold. So they were fairly expensive, right. especially when I didn't have no money like that, but you know, they were nice and felt like they would be staples, but then they're so delicate to the point where it's like, you know, the clasp can break or yeah. maybe, I mean, I won't say they ever became like not my style, but it could be something where you forget about it one day and then you stop wearing it for a month. You find it. It's like, am I really going to go through the process of getting um, getting money for this? Because at that yeah. point, somebody would be like, that's not much. <laughs> so. Right. So. And I think also on the rise, was it Little Baby that found out that somebody sold him a fake watch? I mean, fake jewelry is a thing now. And people are paying hundreds of thousands of, of course. fifty thousand, seventy five thousand, and then coming back and finding out that all of this jury is fake. Well, the again, right? I don't know. It's it's interesting. Let me see if I can look up the price of gold while we're sitting here. But you know, when a certain number of ounces is gonna run you, or I think it's like by the ounce. And I remember at one point, like an ounce was eighteen hundred dollars. So, you know, if you are looking up how much um, a hefty chain costs <laughs> and yeah. times, you know, whatever number of grams that's going to be or whatever number, whatever that weight is, that's that's a lot of money. So, yes, right now, gold price is nineteen hundred twenty seven dollars an ounce. And that's down, I guess, eighteen dollars, maybe, you know, day over day, week over week or whatever. So But let's be for real. You think Kodak Black is gonna go? <laughs> you think Kodak Black 
our little baby is gonna go Google how much an ounce of gold is right now to know that they buying eight ounces of gold on the chain with a diamond pendant, quote unquote, in the middle? Well, my honest answer is no, because they don't have to, because they can actually afford to have jewelers. And the jeweler can tell them those things or give them a gauge of whether or not what they're trying to buy is is worth it. But at the same time, I'm sure they must be running into somebody that's willing to let some fakes, you know, slide in there too. Yeah, and that's what I say. I think it was Little Baby. I'll look it up and send it to you. But yeah, he had a jeweler, quote right. unquote, okay, that was selling him fake shit. Well. Because people still like to get over and circulate money in their own communities that they then hijacked from other people. <laughs> but I digress. Well, I've never been into that level of chains, so I don't know. <laughs> At a certain point, it's kind of like, Why? But I, I digress on that as well. So, um, now what about electronics? You know, I feel like black people are very serious about having the latest electronics. Sometimes some people are early adopters. They want the newest iPhone. They want the newest game system. What have, what have you been kind of on the cutting edge of when it comes to spending money on electronics? I've always been a cell phone girl. Okay. Up until recently. I mean, I literally just upgraded my iPhone because my other one literally said, I can't do this no more. <laughs> <laughs> you need to upgrade me. It ain't no more storage. I got nothing left to give. Um, so I was forced to upgrading uh, my iPhone this time. But I mean, definitely since high school like i've always had the sidekicks the next tails the palm priuses the trios but <laughs> all the the razors yes. i had all the cell phones okay <laughs> so that's been my biggest thing um and really that's it i've never really been much of a video game person I mean, hell, I just upgraded my MacBook last year that I had for 11 years because mm -hmm. the shit worked. Why do I need a new one? Why do I need? Just like I saw a meme, like everybody buys a new um, TV every uh, Black Friday. Right. What the hell happened to your TV from last Black Friday? Like I didn't <laughs> have this same TV okay, for like a decade mm -hmm. and it works. And I plug my Fire Stick and my Apple TV and all it into it. 4K, perfect. Soundbar, <laughs> perfect. Still the same old ass TV. That's so true. And it works. That is so true. People are looking for TV deals every year and I'm with you. I've had the same TV for years. I, I'm not good with electronics. That is not where I like to spend my money. Um, I think that must be a tourist trait. I think people have said, but but yeah, if I if I can hold on to an electronic, I'm going to do so for as long as I can. Um, yeah, I just upgraded my laptop this year as well. I think I had it for like 10 years. The one I had before, because that one also was like impeding on me being able to make this podcast even you know I like, it was like right do you want to be more efficient with this or not and I literally had to be like all right well you need to bite the bullet and get a new laptop so electronics yeah I don't know I've always been okay with 
what will get me by because I think again, social media, it's going to tell you what you need to know. Um, you know, you can get as many resources as you need. There's so many things that you can do that don't require you sitting down at a, a laptop and damn sure not a desktop, you know, anymore. So for sure. So, yeah. And yeah, without, you know, kids and a guy, I'm not over here with a lot of game systems and all that type of stuff. So (laughs) not at all. And like I said, I was forced to upgrade this iPhone. And I know probably for the past two iPhones, I have not used these phones to their full capacity. Right. I just need to call, text and use a few apps and get on the Internet. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Maybe snap a few pictures, but even like the photo settings. When you see all these professional photos, like this was taken on an iPhone 12. Like, wow, <laughs> really? <laughs> That's nice. My phone right. could do that. Right. Like, who's putting in effort to make that happen? Yeah. Who knew? Yep. So I don't know, but you know, I think we are just as much a part of the community as anybody that's helping to keep the electronics, you know, um, popular and keep those iPhones, you know, on order and (laughs) on demand. So I don't know. It's it's interesting. What do we know what the next big electronic is? It's coming out. Is it like a new, um, Apple iPad that they just announced and a phone? Yeah, they just, it's an iPad, an iPhone, and I think maybe a new Apple TV. Okay. Maybe I'll get that. Hmm. Okay. I still have the first Apple TV and it works perfect. <laughs> right? See? See, even with that, it's like, you don't have to spend your money on the, the new new. Like, just get a, a trusted version <laughs> of something. Right. And that should right. be able to work. But... You know, we like theoretically, to, theoretically, right? But we like to to get what's uh, new and shiny. So speaking of new and shiny, what about cars, uh, Miss Detroit? You know, <laughs> y'all keep a new car. <laughs> well, you know what I will say is that was me in my previous life. I have <laughs> downgraded substantially to a much more <laughs> modest lifestyle. Um, you know, when I was younger and i got my first car that i was actually paying for i'm like hey if i'm paying for it mm-hmm. you know fuck a malibu i want this camaro right and i wanted an all black mm-hmm. okay like the night rider right and boy did i pay for that so after i got rid of that car i was like i cannot wait i want a minivan like <laughs> and i want to put the stickers of the kids like the lady with the soccer family with kids and the dog on the back <laughs> And just get the lowest insurance rate and fly under the radar <laughs> right. as much as possible. But now, of course, with my new lifestyle, I live downtown. I work downtown. I drive like a tank of gas lasts me for months. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's good. I don't do that much driving anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't do that much driving anymore, period. So. I'm happy just, you know, having my car that gets me from point A to point B. It's still nice. I think back in my younger days, I would consider it more like a starter car. But, you know, the (laughs) older you get, you realize 
Well, you know, to each his own, but where you'd rather spend your money at. True. I'd rather go on vacation once a month than spend this extra money on insurance, you know, in a higher car note. So. Right. Yep. So I'm definitely, you know, one of the girls that (laughs) been riding out with my vehicle. I've had it for a super long time. Um, I know I'm kind of like on my last tour with it, but definitely uh, try not to spend a lot of money in that space. And even as I'm looking, you know, to get a new vehicle as much as I want, like a fancy new car, you know, with the gas prices out the way they are and the way just costs are going up in general, it's definitely made me rethink, you know, like, all right, like even if you thought you could push it to the limit and have some nice, maybe somewhat luxury type of vehicle, maybe that's not what you really need right now. Um, it This made me think of this girl that tweeted a, a couple of days ago. Um, I guess she must work at a dealership or she sells cars. But she said she just sold a 2015 Audi to a 26-year-old whose main concerns were paying zero down and having something, quote unquote, better than a Nissan. Monthly, and what was she paying, like $700 a month? <laughs> monthly, $835. 800 And she's hype. APR, 28%, and she didn't even ask. What I will say is... I'm fortunate enough to have friends in the auto like finance industry Mm -hmm. where I'm able to call and like now it's been with my most recent purchase. Of course, I haven't always had this support, but just being able to run numbers past somebody, especially when you're a young lady or maybe you don't have a man to go negotiate, because unfortunately, we're still in that society where people at dealerships try to take advantage of people, period. Right. But definitely women when they feel like they don't know as much, you know. Right. So just able to run numbers by like, hey, they saying this term, this amount monthly, this amount down or no amount down and just be able to say like, oh, hell no, that's too much. You need to come back and say this or you need to, you know, right. rework the numbers and ask about that. So yeah, it's definitely a blessing, but it's just like, uh, that's tough because I see it, you know, I'm in sales. I've been in sales for a decade. So I see you want to get your money, but how can you even <laughs> feel right charging somebody 800 plus dollars a month for 2015? I mean, she- granted, it might have had low miles, <laughs> but still. Right. I mean, but, and it's funny because of course she had a follow-up tweet, you know, before y'all could get at her neck. She said she tried to tell the girl, but the girl also was making good money. So it didn't feel like, you know, it was a, the ripoff that it is. So, gotcha. you know, I think that's the hard part, too. You know, I wonder how much the whole spending power dynamic is skewed because you have people like that that are willing to pay $800 for a car note. And then you have people like me that don't want to pay $83. <laughs> like the thought of having to pay a car note, like, is not attractive to me. So I don't know. I think that's, that's definitely where, yeah, like I said, I'm going to have to think long and hard, but in this economy, (laughs) in this society, I'm thinking I'm going to have to get something that can get me from point A to point B and then see how things are feeling like, you know, maybe when I turn 40 or something, cause (laughs) y'all can. But also like, I mean, let's just keep it a hundred, but 
$850 a month, you could be in a brand new, any type of luxury vehicle. I mean, for the most part, you could have got your yeah. little C class bins. You could have got your little shit. You probably could have got a seven fifty for eight hundred fifty dollars a month, right? Depending on what your credit looked like, because again, you said she was making good money, but what did her credit look like? That's a good point. That's also another fact. That's definitely a good point. You know, um, our spending is likely higher than it needs to be because. On one hand, sure, credit might be not be great because of our own doing. But number two, credit might not be great because we have not been able to take advantage of the best deals, the lowest interest rates. You know, like we, like you said, we don't, it's already hard enough being a woman going into a car dealership, let alone being a black woman, you know? So who knows if I'm, I'm sure like this woman that helped her buy this car, maybe she did try to help her get the best rate she could. But if your credit isn't great and then you think, oh, I'm making all this money at the end of the day, though, you still don't have to spend all that money. <laughs> right. So, yeah, because I mean, I got humbled. I'll tell you, uh -huh. um, maybe it was a few years back. Have you? Yeah, well, I don't know if you've ever looked at like the rent calculator or like the budget calculator where you type yeah. in how much you make a month and. Mm -hmm. How much are your expenses? And it tells you like, oh, you should only be spending $800 on rent, like $800. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like, girl, first of and all, at this though. $1,200. Do you know where I'd be living at $1,200? Exactly. Like <laughs> those calculators need to get adjusted for inflation because those places don't they even do. exist. Exactly. Oh, they do. <laughs> no just not know where you ever want to even ride by <laughs> and that's the thing in my mind that means it just don't exist if i can't move there yeah <laughs> if it's not for me it don't exist <laughs> so. exactly exactly it's crazy yeah all right so let's get into the nitty-gritty an area oh, that God. you already said you have some experience in spending in hair and beauty so oh yeah so we know the the black hair care industry generates billions in annual sales according to essence um and when it comes to beauty services you know we know that there's a ton of money that's spent in that industry as well and you know the black dollar contributes more and more every day especially as products are coming out that are supposed to cater to us whether they are good or not in some cases might be up for debate but you know what have your experiences been like spending and and hair and beauty and yeah let's just talk through where you felt like you may have spent more than you needed to or where you feel it's justified where it might feel like a waste whatever your thoughts are there so what I will say is I definitely justify in a lot of areas because I learned, heck, freshman year at FAM how to do my own hair. Mm -hmm. uh, couldn't find anybody reliable. I have one girl on campus that did a really good job, but I went to, I'm not going to say the name. I went to a few places okay. on campus, okay, that was not able to get it together correctly. <laughs> so I said, let me get on YouTube, okay, and figure out <laughs> oh 
how to do this. So, I mean, I really, like I said, I would spend the bulk of my money on makeup, which I've switched mm-hmm. to um, like the Lip Bar products, which mm-hmm. is black owned brand. Shout out. And um, Fenty. Fenty, yep. Um, I still, I don't care what nobody say, I will not stop. The Indians never done nothing to me, but they are the only people I let touch my eyebrows. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's like, Twenty dollars a month. Yeah, and uh, probably bundle. That's really the only other thing I spend my money on. And mm-hmm. when you make that investment up front, <laughs> you're not spending hundreds of dollars continuously. You might spend hundreds of dollars in one year that'll last you for a whole year or a year and a half, maybe even two years. Mm-hmm. Right. With things like the hair, you know, if you get quality bundles, that's something that can last you um, or it should, you know, if you're doing it right. Um, Makeup, you know. And then I guess Manny Petties. Yeah. Mm hmm. Right. That's an investment if you want it to look good and you want it done right. Um, But I also do those on my own, too. And mm -hmm. uh, just so you ladies know, uh, there's a pack of six. Like a thousand nails you could get on Amazon for fifteen ninety nine. <laughs> you gotta buy your own glue, but I'm telling you, I've been gluing them nails on and cutting them down and mm-hmm. filing them. I get so many compliments and I'm like, wow, I did this myself. Okay, right. See, this is where we gotta figure out. Like if we're gonna find dollars to invest into other things, we gotta figure out where we can spend differently. Um yeah. Gotta be on a budget. Right. Yeah. You got a budget somewhere. Um, with hair, I, I think I've come a long way. I used to spend a ton more on hair just to, I don't know, you know, just try to get a look. Um, I've bought bundles in my days. I definitely, uh, used to be a relaxer girl many moons ago. So, you know, that was an investment every other week or every six weeks or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then over the years after going natural, you know, looking for products that would give me, I don't know, funny enough, now that I know what to do with my hair, who knows what I was really searching for? What I, what I guess I can say I was looking for were products that would help me look like the girls on YouTube, (laughs) right? Which is like, and- I wasted a lot of money on products. Yes. Especially seeing what people were buying. It's like, oh, this is going to work for me. And no, yes. it doesn't. Now you have a whole container of some bullshit. That she spent $20 on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. So, I mean, I think of like full systems that I bought or, you know, um, pairs of products or three step products really to come to find out that, hey, you really only need a couple of things to touch your head right. to have healthy, clean hair you know, with the definition that God gave you, not what right. the girls on YouTube have that you think you might be able to get to. You know, I've talked about this before on the show. <laughs> it's like, you got to accept what God gave you on your head. And hey, if you want to wear your hair in alternative styles or, you know, protective styles, whatever you want to call it. Sure, that's an investment. But I think just the idea of having your own hair growing out of your head, if that's all you are maintaining, that should not cost you as much as I think it has costed us over the past For decade, sure. you know, and there's a lot of products out there that are still shit today. Like, <laughs> like, 
like as I was, yeah. you know, kind of looking into this um, topic, there was a company um, on one of the stories that I read and I'm like, you know what? I used their products for a while. And first of all, they were only okay. Second Did of all, would it be? No, mm-mm. no, oh, I think okay. I tried that before too. And it was, again, it was okay. <laughs> but you know who I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I believe so. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, this company, they had a full suite of products and I, you know, probably tried a handful of them and I'm not going to lie. I really got turned off because even in the article, they called out before the pandemic, they used to do a lot of like grassroots stuff and be really boots on the ground and send ambassadors out to events. And I went to an event in Orlando and I was still using the products at the time. And I thought my hair was looking pretty good. And there was a girl that was next to me. And I thought my hair, I mean, I'm just gonna be honest. I thought my hair was looking, you know, a little bit more popping in hers that day. But, you know, (laughs) but they, I feel like they saw her hair texture and they said, oh, well, let's take a picture of you for, you know, Mm -hmm. this ambassador evidence, you know, the shoot or whatever, the the images to submit. And I'm like, really? I'm like, so, <laughs> like, are my curls not proof enough that your products work? So I'm not going to lie to you. After that, I threw all this shit away. <laughs> I was like. Wait, wait, wait. Just tell me the first letter. What's the first letter? C. <laughs> oh, I think I know what to. Okay. I'm going to get with you. Right. I'll tell you. I'll tell you offline. But, you know, I won't bash their brand okay. on the air. Not like, you know. <laughs> all the world is going to hear this, but, but yeah, you know, so we know though, right. I mean, that's a part of the, the spending, you know, thing too. Like, are these brands really speaking to us? Do we feel like they um, respect us? Right. Or celebrate us like all that kind of stuff. So um, it was just like, Hmm, interesting. So I'm not going to support you. But then like I, so like I was saying, like, over time, I realized, you know, there are certain ingredients that shouldn't be in your hair products if you are, yeah. you know, taking care of your natural hair. And so you start reading more labels and you're like, most of the stuff, unfortunately, that is on the shelves in Target, Walmart, the most accessible places is not products you need to be using. Like, right. you know. Well, it's the same with food. Right. Exactly. Of course. Right. So, yeah, once I was able to figure out, you know, what I really needed, shout out to Erlinda, my stylist and the curl specialist, follower Linda Jones. I think she got a new page too. I have to find it. Um, yeah, like once you figure out what you need to do, then you realize, oh shit, like I shouldn't be spending money on new hair products every other week or every six weeks. Like you find a couple of things that work for you and you're able to stick with it just like you know, the girls and guys out there that buy a bottle of Suave once a month. Right. <laughs> so, so hair, I think, and by doing that, I think it leaves a lot more money for you to spend on the vacation braids or right. the special bundles, right? Like you don't have to feel like every, at every turn, your hair is costing you so much money. So, you know, my last vacation, I figured out how to do my own knotless braids. Right. I said, it might take me three days. Right. But, and you know, it's been such a challenge for me, but I just realized that I can make it look, you know, if I can finesse it, make it do what it do and still get compliments and still know that it yeah. looks good to me, like 
Shit, I'm from Detroit where people get their hair done every three days. Right. (laughs) (laughs) You're spending $500 a month. And that's just because you got a shortcut, you know, just getting it curled every three days. Yes. So, yes, it's definitely a way to ball on a budget and just, you know, figure out where it's important to you to spend or invest your money. Right. Right. Um, On the beauty tip, I agree. You know, started investing in those black brands, the lip bar. Shout out to Melissa Butler, fellow Fami Rattler. Um, actually read in an article that, you know, black entrepreneurs start off with less capital, about $35,000 on average versus white entrepreneurs starting off with $107,000 in capital. So mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie, like. When I first, and it's interesting because in the article, um, Melissa talked about how the first three years she was in business, like she made all the products by hand. She wasn't paying herself. And I remember being a harsh critic back in those days. because I think my first two like probably broke. And I was like, what is this? But, you know, saw her persevere, went back, gave it a try. And now that's almost exclusively all I use when it comes to makeup, because I just love the approach of it being... Um, simple, easy, you know, a good look, but not something where you're spending your full day bringing that look together. Like there are some other brands out there where, Hey, we know that's kind of what they go for. And that's cool. You know, they're more for artists or people that, you know, want to bring a, (laughs) a certain look to life, (laughs) but I just want a nice brow, a nice lip, you know? a good blush, a, a decent mascara so I can be presentable. Right. So, so I think she definitely has that, you know, really in the back at this point. But yeah, she started off with $30,000 um, in, in savings to start the business. So definitely happy to see that it has really blown up. You can find it in Target, you know, and in tons of places yeah. now. What I would like to see in that article, which I'm pretty sure it wasn't showed. Of course, okay, you say, you give the numbers between, was it specifically black or just minority? Black entrepreneurs entrepreneurs versus white Okay, so you go from black to white. I want to know the percentage of those white entrepreneurs that started off with that $107,000. How many, what was the percentage of that that actually came from their family and not like a bank or like some type of trust that they were able to draw off of? So they're still not borrowing, you know, they're not taking out a loan. Right, right. And already kind of starting off in debt and having to work their way out of that to make profit. Right. Mm hmm. So, and they did, but of course, they never get those numbers. No, they did speak to how much more difficult it has been for black entrepreneurs to get loans, to get approved for the loans. Right. So, I mean, that's the Wells Fargo child. Okay. So that in and of itself is a problem. So, I mean, you know, kind of bringing it full circle, I think that makes it that much more important for us to at least try to spend some money and support some of these black businesses, because it's that much harder for them to even bring the products to the market to offer us. Right. So, you know, and I mean, there's so much competition in the beauty space, because like I said earlier, you have brands that never went past, you know, a soft olive tone in the past Mm -hmm. that now are making, 
you know, the depths of, you know, the, the desert and the Congos of the world and the Amazons of the world, like shades, like, oh, now we care about, you know, darker skin tones and, Mm -hmm. you know, whether those products are any good or not, we don't know. We watch YouTubers and influencers buy that shit up and use it and try to convince us that it's working. But and we can't even say buy it up because you know most of the time they're getting it for free. Exactly. So exactly. They're not wasting their money trying out makeup. They're getting it for free right. and throwing it away if they don't like it or, you know. That's right. Doing whatever. Right. So it's like everybody but us is kind of getting the access to it without having to spend our money. So to me, the least I can do is spend my money with brands that come from people that look like me. I mean, the lip bar has always touted that they are completely vegan and cruelty free, Mm -hmm. you know, so there's there are advantages to supporting smaller entrepreneurs. Sometimes they're for you. Sometimes they're not. But, you know, we definitely know that nobody is looking out for us when we're spending money with the bigger brands because an influencer told us to when, like you said, they didn't drop a dime for any of that stuff. So, right. Well, you know, before you, uh, I don't want you to move away from beauty before we mention the the new, I'm not going to even say new, but the more prevalent trend that we're witnessing right now With lashes. in beauty. Oh, no, I was going for the BBLs. Oh, the BBLs. <laughs> and, the, and the plastic surgery that now people are spending thousands and thousands of dollars and risking their lives to go. Listen. somewhere out the country to not spend as many thousands of dollars but you might end up in a trash can man instead of on your your spirit flight back to america so <laughs> listen if i was not afraid of not making it out of the room i would probably be booking an appointment but um Another thing. That was the most important part. Right. <laughs> afraid of not making it out the room. <laughs> but I like, you know, living. Um, and yeah, Me so too. it's not something I would choose to spend my money on, but it has definitely been interesting. If we even think about on very small scale, you know, the average person getting some sort of plastic surgery done these days is probably spending what, $5,000? So if you think about, again, and it's, it's not to take away from anybody, not diminishing anyone, but when we say the average person, we're really talking about average people these days. It's no longer something for... Like a, a executive assistant. Right. You know? Or a, a payroll specialist. Right. Shoot. Like N- nurses. Said- like people that go to work every day, but don't, you know, use their bodies for their work like it's not a celebrity thing anymore it's not a stripper thing the plant worker yes yes like (laughs) the girls let's be for real the girls that the working girls the girls working at the plants and working shifts are taking a chunk of that money and going and get going to get work done with it i just saw this ig model quote unquote on some blog talking about how she always wears long clothes because she doesn't want people staring at her ass. Okay. 
Well, what did you go buy it for? Okay, oh. so you get on the internet, you shake your ass with a thong on, and then when you go out in public, you don't want nobody to know you got ass. Because you don't want them staring at it, but they staring at it on the internet. Like, That's, mental illness is real, y'all. That's another it's mental illness for another time right and i think that's that's the thing you know for me a lot of people they must think that they can compartmentalize what's happening in their life and you can't you can't buy a fake ass or spend money on your look and say i only want this look for the nightlife or for impressions and likes but then when i go to work every day i don't want people to acknowledge (laughs) that I've got this BBL. Like if you're gonna spend this money, you should be comfortable letting anybody know that this is the body you have now anywhere you go. Right. Cause that's not right. realistic to me to say, oh, well I'm in this space and I get it, right? I mean, obviously you're not gonna walk around in your thong everywhere, but as a girl with a big butt, you don't get to pick and choose when people acknowledge or notice that you have a big butt. And I was just gonna take it there, Jackie. As <laughs> as you being a girl with a big butt, you know, even if you got a long jacket, a yes. long shirt, they gonna see that ass. Right. If they wanna see it, they gonna see it. Just like all I got is titties. I know they gonna see them titties if they wanna see them. Sweatshirt, yes. hoodie, turtleneck, turtleneck. <laughs> they gonna see them. It don't matter. So so it's like uh, at least again. If you're going to spend the money, be so sound in your decision that you're not trying to do it to satisfy one part of your life or one corner of your experience, but you don't want anybody to acknowledge it or you don't want to bring attention to yourself any other time, you know, based off of this new body that you have. Like you have to accept that this is your, your reality in all spaces now. So I don't exactly. know. It's it's definitely not something that's for me, even though, like I said, hey, oh man, what I wouldn't give for them to suck the fat out of you know, a man. lot of the parts of my body. But I just, I know that, hey, what I need to invest in is proper nutrition and a good workout plan. <laughs> and that's because yeah they cut me the wrong way and i'll come out i'm i'm gonna haunt yeah. this earth <laughs> so. yeah okay might as well dump my ass in lake lanier because i'm fucking everybody up. okay everybody can get it shoot all right so what about media so there's been some studies out there and new data shows that african-americans spend more time consuming media than any other group um, of course, regardless, we continue to be um, underrepresented. You know, there's a lack of representation of the collective Black community. Um, in 2021, Black viewing power was $1.06 trillion. Mm. So when we're talking about the, the Black viewing power in media, We're talking about things like how um, two out of three black viewers are more likely to watch representative content and buy from brands that advertise in representative content. Mm -hmm. So you watch a black show, they show a black commercial, you buy the product. Of course. 
Um, but we, again, we're underrepresented. So you mentioned All Black Network earlier. What has been your experience in the past couple of years with media, specifically black media, and how it moves you to spend money? And, you know, we're going to include influencers and social media in that as well. So what I will say is, like, let's be for real. Let's just talk about the top shows right now. Like, they're all... Unfortunately, none of them are painting black people or heck, maybe even people of color in a positive light. Like, you know, we got power about what? Drug dealing gangsters. <laughs> we got uh, Snowfall, drug dealing gangsters. Godfather of Harlem, drug dealers. Mm. Like, Okay, we can go with Blackish, which is an award-winning show, mm-hmm. but I might go against the grain here and state my my opinion and say that Blackish really is not a show for Black people. It just right. has Black people on there. Right. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's really more for white people. It's... Like you might chuckle a little bit. It's like a Key and Peele. <laughs> like no Black people watch Key and Peele. <laughs> You might see one skit out of five and chuckle a little bit, but they're like, this is some white people shit. Can I say that? I'm sorry. No, yeah, I would agree, right? Because my thought was, well, the show is literally called Blackish, you know, because again, it's on network television. And I think that's where they want us to be viewers. But when it comes to things that we are buying because we are viewing those programs we're not as moved in the same way so as a result i don't feel like they're creating the content for us in in that time slot i think that there are a lot of black people that enjoy blackish that enjoy that it is not a a drug dealing game banging show like you said (laughs) or or loving hip-hop right loving hip-hop that's always or real Real housewives but right. what are we doing? Cussing people out, throwing glasses and fighting and right. Or selling drugs and being prostitutes and strippers. Right. Like, so that's what they love to promote for our people. So Yeah. So I think they enjoy that it's not one of those shows, but for me personally, I don't feel like that's one of the shows that would move me to then buy something. You know, I don't feel like they mm really take the time to cater to the black consumer as that show was airing because to your point i don't think they believe that that's where they're getting a ton of black viewership from like right um, right but you do have other networks out there like all black like you mentioned and maybe some, i mean hell we do have the bts of the world the own network um bounce tv <laughs> you know there are some different networks out there that and what i will say yeah they all have good programming or at least original shows Mm -hmm. that employ you know smaller working actors and actresses right right and you know give quality content yeah and then i think you have people like Issa ray um who make content on an hbo and let's be real for a lot of black people if they are deciding to spend money to have HBO 
as a bill month to month is because Issa is airing and secure new episodes. And when that went off, it was like, all right, let me cancel the subscription. Cancel, <laughs> just like stars. Ain't nobody watching stars <laughs> unless you're watching Power. Now, I did like Survivor's Remorse. Okay. Yeah. That was a good show as well. But other than that, mm-hmm. right? I feel like they playing that on the all black network now. Like, Probably. <laughs> yeah. And when you're talking about, you know, all black, let's even say uh, all black BT and let's even throw Zeus Network in there. <laughs> this is all less than $5 a month where you're right. talking about an HBO after tax. You're looking at double, basically, right. mm-hmm. or stars double. So I could subscribe to two quality, you know, black networks and get movies, TV shows, reality, all types of stuff. Mm-hmm. As opposed to me just subscribing to HBO or, or Stars and watching one show and True. then canceling it, right? And you can even throw Zeus Network in there for two ninety nine a month. <laughs> <laughs> they raised their price. Mm. I don't know why they did that. Um, yeah. So there's television, but then there's also um, the other forms of media. So it sounds like traditional radio is still huge for Black people. Um, collectively last year, black listeners connected and listened to over 21 million minutes a week of traditional radio. Um, they recalled a ton of brands from podcasts that they're listening to 73% brand recall from podcast ads. And then social media is huge. Um, 51% of black people that are 18 or over spend daily time on TikTok and 29% spend daily time on Instagram. So that's a ton of time. And then we know in those spaces, they are throwing at, I don't know about TikTok, but on Instagram, it's essentially a digital flea market. Yep. And don't let you log on to Facebook afterwards. Okay. Cause they're going to be like, did you not, did you not see the ad we put over there? So you could buy it. We running it back. Like we running it back. Did you not go purchase it? Because somebody made a very good point. Like we're here to talk about. I be spending that money (laughs) when I see something I like on Instagram. And especially when they double down on Facebook, it's like, you know what? Let me go ahead and check this out. Let me go ahead and buy it. Once you buy it, it's like they know and they stop advertising it. Mm -hmm. They're like, thanks so much for your purchase. Right. Yep. They're like, let's get on to the next Mm -hmm. person. It just feels like a very deliberate, you know, attempt to to get your coins. But they, they're but it works. It works. So it's called marketing, people, right? But I think it's a psychology behind it. What we talked about though around influencers, though, that's where I think we need to continue to be cognizant. You know, while not knocking people's. Um, interest and profession you know i think that you can be an influencer but i think it's up to us as consumers to know hey it's great that this person has cool content and this is what they like to do i can support them in their content but i don't have to buy everything that they buy you know like i started following jackie aina recently i I just kind of got her content in passing because she's everywhere um, but I started following her deliberately cause I'm like, I need somebody, you know, to help me remind myself to just stay really good on my skincare routine. 
And I mm-hmm. noticed she'd be pushing something new every time she do her skincare. First of all, my skin would be like, bitch, who do you think you are? Right. Like, I feel like realistically, nobody can switch up products that often and not have no type of breakouts or like reactions, issues. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So it's like, I'm not going to switch out every time. But when I see your content, when I see your face, it's a reminder of like, oh, don't forget to do, you know, your five steps and not just the one step. But, you know, and then like and double tap and all that kind of stuff to show support. But it's not it doesn't have to be this call to action to go to the site that she's essentially sponsoring in this post or that's sponsoring her. So speaking of influencers, this might be a little off target and I'm just going to keep it real short. I want to know, what do you feel about these uh, vaginal steams? The steams? Well, yeah, you know, where you put the tea in the pot and you sit over it mm -hmm. with your vagina exposed. (laughs) That is something that I'm not doing in my house. I, I look at that and I think go to the spa. Shout out to Spivy Spa, you know, like, okay. I'm gonna go down to my, to my girl's spa. That's a service there. She's a professional and I'd rather spend my money there. Right. And know that somebody is trained in how to prepare it and for me yeah. to get the best result, because I feel like that's right. something that could potentially be hit or miss at home. Like, yeah. I don't want to be sitting thinking I'm steaming and doing something and then I'm not. I don't know. Yeah, no, yeah. I don't know. Like, I don't want to sound old and ignorant, but I just feel like every time I turn around, somebody's pushing it. And I just feel like our ancestors have been popping out tens of 15s of kids. <laughs> <laughs> my grandma, my grandma told me a lot of things. She ain't never said. <laughs> that I needed to steam my vagina <laughs> to get all these, you know, results. Not saying that new age medicine and, you know, technology, all that stuff doesn't come about, but right. I just, I don't believe in it. Cause every time I see it, it just looks like somebody's pouring open a packet of tea into some boiling hot water and sitting over it with a little skirt on. <laughs> right. Right. And for me, Hey, if there are benefits to it, right. Again, like I've been saying, let's funnel our money back into the community. Go to the experts that we can mm-hmm. find that have their own spas or, you know, have their own business and, and a space dedicated to doing this stuff. Because I'm telling you, if you take that damn mop bucket from your closet. <laughs> <laughs> and put that tea in there be trying to steam your damn pussy. <laughs> Sorry. That still got uh, uh, fabuloso and bleach remnants at the bottom of Murphy's oil. Okay. I put the tea in there. I don't understand. Right. Right. So. Mm. <sighs> okay. So last theme question. Right. So we kind of have, you know, what I believe is kind of looking ahead and looking towards what we should be spending money on property investments and future currencies. Um, 
are there areas that you are already in? Are there areas that you're interested in? And, you know, are you supporting uh, black professionals in those spaces today? Well, you know, I'm in Airbnb. Um, I do mm -hmm. not own any properties. Um, something I'm looking into slowly but surely. Mm -hmm. um, I definitely support people. You know, I've seen a lot of things as far as people uh, flipping houses, buying rental properties. Also, like what I found out, I found this page uh, recently on Instagram a couple that flips mobile homes. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that's um interesting to look yeah. at, uh, but I definitely support people in those space, especially when you talk about, oh, I bought this for $3,200. Like, that's it. Right, right. And you know, like, although that might not be, you know, no offense, my standard of living to live in a mobile home. I've seen people, I think, no, they're called like, manufactured yeah. homes so they don't have the wheels on them right but you can move them right <laughs> you can move them if you need to yeah so. right and in this um, day yeah, and age so. hell i mean if you need a place might need to move it okay <laughs> <laughs> for sure yeah i definitely support people in that space um and as far as nfts and cryptocurrency all that other stuff i'm not no i'm i don't really know anything about yeah. that um, but i support people i mean i see people making moves i know nas put some of his yeah. albums as an nft and you know people are selling photos and stuff mm -hmm. as yep. nft so i mean shit, we're already at a place in the world where people don't even want to take cash no more. So mm, yeah. I can't be ignorant to the fact that we're going in this direction. Right. <laughs> it's just when you decide to get on and start, you know, right. Learning. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Very valid. Um, you know, I would say I am in a similar boat. You know, I'm not super well versed in these future currencies and, could definitely learn a lot more about investments in different ways. But, you know, I think the more now that I've kind of thought through how I spend my money and all these other buckets and industries, I feel like I can get sharper on, you know, finding money to invest and finding money to pull into, you know, people that are flipping properties or investing in properties or buying things. Um, that have like really, you know, long-term value, you know, the, the more I can be smart about not doing a clothing haul <laughs> every yeah. month or buying a new pair of shoes just because, you know, they dropped at 10 AM and I want to get them, you know, or spending a whole bunch of money on makeup. Now that I know there's really one brand that works for me, you know, not buying the fanciest car just because I technically make the money you know, to cover the bill for right. it. Like, I think if I make sure to dial back in all of those other areas of life, that should at least give me enough money and enough, like, cash to say, this is something that I can, like, wrap my head around. Because I think when you just mm -hmm. don't have the money and someone's telling you, oh, you only need, you know, $50,000 to invest in this. And you're like, what do you mean only? <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> so... You know, the more I can chip away at my 
expenses that I have built into my life that really just don't have to be there and start funneling that money towards other things, I know I can look up one day and be like, oh shit, like I'm approaching 50K in cash. Like, let me go and circle back with that person, you know, who had that great investment opportunity. So, right. Well, that's where I also think that um, just um, a difference in culture comes along. Like when you think about like a white person, like, you know, when they grew up or, you know, are surrounded by people that have always had it, you know, Mm -hmm. might have on an Izod Polo and a Volvo from 1980, but they're in a multi-million dollar house. Right. You know, with all these different investments. And when you think about our people, when we get it, what's the first thing? You see a Lamborghini truck <laughs> or, you know, an iced out, a lemon pepper wing with the freeze cup yes. on a chain, you know. In an apartment complex. <laughs> in the, in the, living next door to you. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and your mama worked three jobs. Like, <laughs> Yep. Yep. So it's all about how you how you spend it, how you're thinking about spending it. And of course we need more money. We need reparations. We, we know that part too. Um, but we want our reparations, Joe, right? Come on. You're sending this money to Ukraine, Joe, (laughs) where are our reparations, Joe? (laughs) And where the hell is Kamala? Kamala is over there talking to the people. Her ass, I'm still, that's another conversation for another time. Because she done stole the black vote, the HBCU vote. Where is our student loan relief, Kamala? Now that is a gripe I have with y'all. She ain't got no student loan. She ain't got no student loan. They probably already wiped them out for her. Mm, If they made Barack pay until he became president, (laughs) (laughs) I'm pretty sure. If she had a loan and she was paying on it, she still got it. But yeah, it would be nice to hear that we don't have to worry about those loans in May, seeing how every other expense in our life continues to go up and it's just getting rocky out here, sir. So, so yeah, but yeah, I think in general, you know, there, Hey, we know that somehow there are dollars circulating around. And I think our big takeaway is that, The more we can funnel money into our communities, the better off we can be. And then we can see these businesses start and flourish. People will have capital. They'll know that they have consumers as long as they do right now, right? Like we said, you gotta act right by your people. But if you can get get your business right, and if there are great causes for us to support, you know, then we can continue to try to funnel our money towards those sources and and those people and businesses and hopefully that just means we are have a a smarter spending power even if it doesn't like go down (laughs) so right because when you think about it everybody pretty much except for us funds our own communities but one thing i will bring up is it definitely seems that it's i think it's on purpose that you know people are able to come here from different countries okay and get start businesses start corner stores and salons Mm -hmm. and all this different stuff they seem to have access to all this money might be coming from overseas Mm -hmm. but these these people are able to build up their communities and keep everything circulating within their community yeah but every time we get a community 
the shit get burned down or there's a lake put over it or you mm-hmm. know all the people disappear like god damn we can't have nothing nowhere yeah i mean very valid points so you know there's so many things <laughs> that we have to do in our communities uh just to survive and thrive so I think, yeah, working on our spending power and circulating our dollar as many times in our communities as we can, um, that's that will benefit us, right? I don't think it solves all of the problems because we have so many other things that are stacked against us for sure at a government level, you know, but, mm-hmm. but yeah, circulating that dollar in places that you want to, you truly want to see thrive um, with businesses that you feel like personally speak to you and have some sort of, you know, best interest at heart. You know, those are things that if we can continue to go towards that direction, I think ultimately it's one of those things where as much as we need to be communal about it, you also need to be satisfied with, what your your worth is like your personal worth your mm-hmm. net worth and where your money is coming and going and it is hard right. because we're in this society where everything is about individualism you know americanism is individualism but we mm-hmm. need to be so much more communal you know than we are so hopefully though again there's a lot of information circulating there is an opportunity to think differently and move a little bit differently these days so Mm-hmm. Gotta keep doing what we can. I'm letting you know right now we're gonna be communal than a motherfucker if a nuclear weapon goes off in that bitch. Ain't nothing gonna matter. Not the gas price. Right. <laughs> not, not not nothing. Not the investment at all. So um, just gotta stay prayed up. That's right. Well, I I think this has been a good conversation. So I definitely appreciate you for coming back. Um, but you know, before you go, we have to do jukebox with Jack. I did not mean for that to all rhyme like that, even though I can't stop rhyming. (laughs) (laughs) What are you listening to? (laughs) Okay. See, somehow every time you hit me with this, I'm never prepared for some reason. Um, I've been listening to two trains a lot. Two trains. (laughs) Based on the true story, not even the new one. Oh, the boats. <laughs> yeah, the boats. Um, what else I got on here? Girl, just really some old stuff. Uh, yeah, just a lot of 2 chains. Uh Still been listening to that Dope Don't Sell Itself. Oh, yeah. Um, for some reason, when I went to Detroit, I started listening to a lot of Missy Elliott. Oh, okay. That's... <laughs> An, an icon, a legend, so <laughs> yeah, <laughs> always appropriate. Yeah, but that's pretty much it on my end. Good list, very solid list. Um, I have been listening to the new Lucky Day Candy Drip album. Um, okay, st- still kind of working through it. I don't even know honestly if I've listened to the full thing front to back yet, but. Love it. Love everything that I'm hearing. Um, and also still listening to Jasmine Sullivan, Hotels, Motels, um, the new songs on the Motels side <laughs> are really good. 
So I like those. And um, also still listening to The Weeknd, uh, Dawn FM. It's just so good. It's so easy to listen to. And I also do like Dope Don't Sell Itself as well. So I love The Weeknd. Yeah, The Weeknd is great. I don't know. I feel like people hate him or love him. I'm like, what? Like, you don't love The Weeknd. Like, but... Like, I can give you 10 songs right now. Right. Like, exactly. I was like, but I won't. It's not that. a lot of people. Like, you can just, like, <laughs> go back to back. Well, what about this song? You mean tell me you don't like this song? I don't believe you don't like this song. Yeah. So, yeah. it's fine. I won't Come stand on, right now. Right. We won't stand. But, yes. So, music's still going. As always, really appreciate you coming on. Always coming through. Always a good Thank chat. You. So, so yeah, so we'll find something uh, new and exciting to talk about in the near future. And uh, until then, you take care and have a good one. Maybe we could talk about racist Africans in Paris. (laughs) I think they'd be considered more like prejudiced, but sure. (laughs) I know, right? It doesn't even seem right every time I say racist Africans. Like, Uh, you can't be. But okay. (laughs) (laughs) Lord, leave it to Lex. You can't tell them that. Leave it to Lex to leave us with a a, a, ta- a dangling tangent. <laughs> All right. You have a good one. Thanks. You too. Thanks for having me. Bye. And that wraps up another episode. Thanks so much for coming back, Lexi. Definitely enjoy talking about how Black people spend their money, how we can find ways to save and invest, shift our money back into the community. We can definitely do better, y'all. So let's keep chipping away. All right. As always, I thank y'all for listening. And remember, I'm a jack of all trades, a master of none, not here to be an expert, just here to have fun. Bye, guys.